Welcome to the House of Cinema podcast. My name is Joe, and in the house today, a special episode of the HOC podcast. We will resume discussing individual Harry Potter films next week. But for today, I am actually joined by one of my film idols, which sounds dramatic, but it's true. I've read every letterbox they've ever written. Clara Curtis, Clara, welcome to the podcast. Tell the audience a little bit about yourself, a snapshot into the life of Clara. Totally. Um, Cool. Hi, I'm Clara. Um, uh, uh, Gosh, I'm a person who has loved film for honestly as long as I can remember. Um, But I really, really started getting into it in high school when I started taking film classes. and that like set me off like hardcore into loving movies. And then uh, I got Letterboxed in 2019, and that's where I kind of like started taking it like a little more seriously. Um, so now I call myself like an amateur film writer because uh, I don't. I mean, I don't know what else to call myself. It's <laughs> being humble, point. a little humble in my opinion, but sure. Fair, fair. <laughs> I mean, I get it, but. Me. Uh, I will, I will say, I, I did not lie, every review you have ever written, I've read. Uh, oh my god. Just not like analyzed, but like read. And there are a few people out there that I just, when they write a review, I'm going to read it and like take it in consideration. And then if there's a recommendation, I usually will follow through with it. And mm. you're one of them. So wow. I, I, I'm not here to just flatter you the whole episode, but it's very, very true. Um I'm curious, was, do you know, is there a certain movie that just like changed how you felt about film i'm putting you on the spot i didn't prepare you for this so if you don't have an answer it's okay but well you're in luck because i do have an answer um oh, perfect. <laughs> uh one of the first films that um i watched for my first ever like high school film class was eternal sunshine of the spotless mind oh and good one Oh, it's such a good one, especially considering like how it plays with the idea of like editing and like narrative and just like reliable narrate like narrators a little bit um Mm -hmm. so yeah that's what really like got me like jazzed about film i was like oh wow so this is what it can be like this is really cool um this is in high school for you yeah so senior year of high school so like my high school sucked apparently because i did not have that option um to do a film class so lucky lucky you i guess that's so sad it It was was very sad it was life-changing, honestly. <laughs> That's good. Well, we're not here to talk about Eternal Sunshine of Boss mm-hmm. Mind, although I would love to one day because it oh, is gladly. fantastic. Um, we're here to talk about something a little bit different. Uh, we're here to talk mm-hmm. about the Harry Potter franchise. From what I hear, well, let's just be honest, I think you're a big fan. Am I wrong? I am definitely, like, I think I would fall in the realm of, like, super fan like i love harry potter i love harry potter so much okay i want to hear the harry potter history when did it start did it start with the books Mm. did it start with the movies uh when did it all start for you it definitely started with the books for me um like honestly i know harry potter has always been a part of like my childhood in terms of like the movies but i can't remember when i first saw the first one um But I do remember, like, very distinctly seeing or reading the first book in, like, second grade and just becoming obsessed. And I would, like, sit at every recess reading the books. Like, I wouldn't play with my friends. I, like, 
went full tilt into it like so obsessive and my mom would like go and wait at Barnes and Noble at like six in the morning to like get me the book as soon as it came out like just oh I loved the books loved the books so much and then um the first movie I saw in theaters was the fourth one uh, interesting okay which is which is interesting because that's a little later into the series Mm -hmm. um but the first three, like, we had on DVD, so I watched them all the time. But the fourth one is the first one I saw in theaters, and then I saw four through eight in theaters, um, like, the day they came out. And, like, I went to the midnight premiere of the last one, which was, like, so cool, because I was, like, what was that? I was, like, 14 at the time. Did and that was my. F- um, I didn't dress up, but I went with a big group of friends, and we uh-huh. all made tie-dye shirts in our house colors. Oh. Um, so I, like, was rocking my house colors, essentially. Uh, so kind of dressed up. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. That works, that works. Well, yeah. This is a perfect segue to my next question. We have perfect. to establish what house you are. Uh, I had to establish everybody's house for this mm-hmm. entire month. Um, I made it clear in my last episode uh, I am a proud supporter and member <laughs> of House Slytherin. There you uh, go. I've always been. And, you yeah. know, we get a bad rap, and I understand that. Mm-hmm. And we, hey, we maybe a little bit deserve it, but, um, <laughs> you know, I'm staring at my Slytherin blanket right now. Uh, I have a Slytherin t-shirt. I am wow. proud, proud Good for uh, you. member of Slytherin. So what are you? I'm a Hufflepuff. Full really? Interesting. Yeah, which is oh. like, I get told a lot that I come across a little bit like a Ravenclaw. Um, I was gonna, you know, I, I was, if I were to guess, I would have guessed like maybe Ravenclaw. Yeah. But I also had like a hunch maybe Gryffindor, but Hufflepuff makes sense, I guess. Hufflepuff makes sense. And it's interesting because like, I remember when I was in high school and like everyone, I think it was right when Pottermore like first came out, everyone was like taking the house quizzes and stuff. And like, oh my God, yeah. Everyone was getting Gryffindor, and so I thought it was so cool because I was like one of, I was like the only <laughs> Hufflepuff in my whole friend group. But then now, as like time has gone on, I feel like there's way more people who are Hufflepuffs than like Gryffindors. Interesting. And so it, the the inner hipster in me is a little bit like oh, everyone's in my house. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I never thought I'd ever hear that from a Hufflepuff. But you know what? Surprisingly. In the last episode of this podcast uh, with my uh, core hosts, mm-hmm. uh, one is a Hufflepuff and one is a Gryffindor. Ooh. And the Hufflepuff had mentioned that he felt that there are a lot of Hufflepuffs now. Yeah. So this sentiment is, uh, is you know, I guess resonating with other people. You're not alone in that, in that sentiment. Um, That's true. I feel like when Pottermore, that quiz came out, yeah, I mean, I took it. Mm-hmm. I, would, I, would, I don't want to say almost immediately, but I took it pretty immediately. <laughs> and <I did> too. <laughs> When I got Slytherin, I wanted to take it again because I think I wanted oh, Gryffindor, mm-hmm. but I told myself it's okay. I need to like just be okay with my options. And then I took it again. I got Slytherin anyways. So oh, no. just kind of reconfirmed that uh, I guess I'm a Slytherin at heart. Yeah, there you go. At any rate, all right. So we're having a conversation today with, with the Hufflepuff. That's good yes. to know. And a Harry Potter mega fan. Yes, obnoxiously so <laughs> obnoxiously so that's fair no, you know what it's okay it's okay we all everybody's a fan of something Yours yes is harry potter i yes. talked about it a little bit so i won't go over it too much again but i i as well grew up with these movies grew up mm-hmm. with these books i mean i i mentioned before in the previous episode and i'll mention it briefly now mm-hmm. uh this book came out uh well the first book came out in 97 mm-hmm. i was the um ripe age of 
seven when it came out, uh, <gasps> which is dating me a little bit, but uh, that, that's okay. I'm so and jealous. Let me just say this. When it came out, it was, it was, I mean, obviously it was a phenomenon. I don't have to explain that, mm-hmm. but uh, everybody was reading it in, in my yeah. class. I don't think there was a single person that wasn't reading it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just fun. It's just a fun story to tell. Like I tell everybody that we all thought Hermione's name was Hermione uh, because <laughs> we didn't have movies to base it off. And, you know, we're not from the UK and we didn't know that name. So I called mm-hmm. her Hermione for, you know, three years until four years till the movie came out. Yeah. So. Harry Potter I grew up with. I read them all as soon as they came out. I actually, the movies, I think I, I didn't see five and six in theaters, but then I saw seven and eight. I don't know what happened. I think I just, like I had read it. So I was like, I don't need to see the movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so I I didn't. And then I went back and obviously watched them. I'm like, wow, that was dumb. I should have seen that in theater. I know, um, right? So anyways, big fan here as well. I'm excited because today we're going to be talking about our five favorite Harry Potter movies. Now, yes. you know, if you're going to end up putting uh, Fantastic Beasts 1 and 2, hey, that by all means, you can. <sighs> there is no restrictions on this. <laughs> but uh, something tells me you won't. Um, no, definitely we, not. <laughs> <laughs> we will likely have overlapping movies, and that's totally okay. Mm-hmm. We're going to start from five and make our way up to one, obviously one being our most favorite. Uh, so as the guest of honor, wow. I'm going to have you start us off. Your fifth favorite Harry Potter movie is and why? Okay. Um, I guess really quick, I do want to preface that my rankings are totally different now than they have been for like a really long time. So I feel like almost like I'm betraying my past self by saying some of this. But this um... is perfect. I'm glad you're bringing this up because I was going to bring it up at my turn. Oh, perfect. Just recently, uh, I had made a TikTok with a ranking. Yeah. And that was... Three days ago, three days ago from this recording date, and it's already changed. So okay, cool. Yeah, I you know, I, and I made that disclaimer in that TikTok, and I make disclaimer now. I love all of these movies, uh, mm-hmm. minus the Fantastic Beasts versions. Um, <laughs> so me ranking five or something ranked eight, mm-hmm. um, which we won't go into eight, but it doesn't mean I don't like them. Uh, it right. just means that I just kind of love these five more they're a little Mm -hmm. bit more special to me which i'm sure is the case for you as well yes exactly that's the perfect way to put it because like on letterbox i have all of them rated five out of five for me yes i just i'm just i love giving out fives um (laughs) okay again glad you brought this up this is what i admire about you and again i know this is like uh clara like flattering hour but it kind of is but it, it does it doesn't bug me is a dramatic word but it sometimes mm. bugs me when people are stingy with fives or yeah. they just don't feel like giving out good scores because mm-hmm. i don't know maybe it makes them look less critical or less professional um i really admire that you are just like if you love it you love it and so you give it a five um so i love wow. that all these movies are five out of fives for you so okay that was my blushing. last flattering statement oh my well, gosh well, well, We'll we'll move on now, okay? But yes, it's true. Sorry, I I derailed us a little bit, but <laughs> <laughs> so your fifth favorite Harry Potter movie and why? Yes, my fifth ha- favorite Harry Potter movie is The Chamber of Secrets, which I feel like is slightly controversial because, and I've seen you say this as well. I feel like that's the one that always gets put on the bottom of people's rankings, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and to be fair, in my previous rankings, it was like my second to least favorite but um this is kind of embarrassing but the first thing that really started to make me appreciate 
Chamber of Secrets more was I started seeing, like, cool aesthetic videos on TikTok specifically of Chamber of Secrets. What? Wait, why I are you know. not sharing these with me? I have I'll not seen any cool chamber aesthetic videos wow oh my god no there's this one i have favorited and i love it so much it's really cool i'll send it to you after we're done recording um and then maybe we'll i don't know we'll find a way to show people it because i think it's so cool but like interesting i so that got me kind of thinking about it more um but then also recently uh like fathom events was showing the first and second harry potter in theaters again in september um yeah yeah so I went and saw the first and second one in theater, which, like, I didn't get to see those in theaters the first time around. Oh, perfect then. So seeing Chamber of Secrets in a big theater, like, made me love it even more. Um, but I just think it, like, overall has such a cool vibe to it. Like, it's so, like, goofy in a way. Um, mm-hmm. But it also, in my opinion, is where we get like a taste of the darkness of the wizarding world prisoner of azkaban definitely is where we get that to the full extent i would argue like Mm -hmm. that's where things get really dark but i do think chamber of secrets kind of introduces the idea that like things are darker than they initially appear like philosopher's stone touches on it a little bit but it almost feels like an afterthought because it happens so late in the movie whereas like chamber of secrets like bad things are happening constantly and it's happening to people that we really love like we see Hermione get petrified which is a really big deal like she's part of the trio so I love that we're getting so early in the franchise like a taste of the darkness that's coming later on I feel like you like read off my notes right now and took everything (laughs) I wanted to say so spoiler alert I do have Chamber on my list, which I, cool. you know, like you said, and I have said in the past, is maybe a hot take, maybe a controversial take, because if you Google right now, top, mm-hmm. the best Harry Potter movies ranked, I would say like 70% put Chamber of Secrets either last or second yeah. last. And there's criticism of it. I mean, I get the criticism, and the mm-hmm. biggest one is always, it's too long, which, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I can kind of agree. It is pretty long. It's it's I don't It might be like one of the longest, if not longest I, I don't know the runtimes by heart yeah. um i will i'll say it right now it's it's in my fourth spot uh that's how much i Ooh. like it and so the reason why it's my fourth spot not my fifth spot mm-hmm. um i think chamber of secrets is probably my favorite book and mm. it's the one book that i just really remember adoring as a kid wow. i think i read it from like cover to cover i don't know how many times i i, mm. I abused that book because it was just like I, I read it so many times. I loved it so much. And mm-hmm. I like the movie a lot. It's longer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and I, But I think it translates really well from the text. Um, it's a little goofy at times. And exactly what you said. Um, mm-hmm. You finally get the sense of darkness in the wizarding world. Where in the first yeah. one, it's a good entry to this, you know, magical world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the darkness is is there. But it's not really prevalent. Nor is it very a uh, focus of the movie. Mm-hmm. In this one it gets it gets pretty dark and yes it gets full fledged later in the series but this is like your your real sense of it in this movie. I tell everybody this and I will die on this hill. I don't think it's a controversial take, but uh, I think the Basilisk is one of the yes. best things in this entire franchise. It's yes. aged so well. It's still like rewatching it just recently. It you know it's twenty twenty one. It's easy mm-hmm. to look at things and criticize them, uh, but. Wow, it looks so good still. Still terrifying, yeah. still just like 
every time its eyes get clawed out and it's like chasing Harry in like the sewers. Mm-hmm. It's it's so good. It looks so good still. And I just love the entire end sequence so much with the diary mm-hmm. and the basilisk tooth. I I really love everything about it. Um, soft spot for Chamber. I know yes. it's low on a lot of people's lists, but for mm-hmm. Clara, it's at five. And for me, it's four. Woo. Um, so what's my number five then? Well, yeah, me, what's your five? Tell you. This is where like things already things have changed from the list I made three days ago. Oh by my the way. gosh! Um, but number five, a movie that I rewatched just yesterday uh, mm-hmm. or two days ago, I think, and I was like, mm, I think I was a little too harsh on it. And number five for me is Order of the Phoenix. Um, <gasps> so, what do I say? I in when I said this recently, I ranked it a little lower. I think I ranked it at mm-hmm. maybe six or seven, six. I think last time, Umbridge is a lot. And I know that's the point wow. of her. She's supposed to be a lot. But I rewatched it and I was like, yeah, she's a lot. But I, it's very satisfying when she gets what's coming to her at the end. Mm-hmm. And I'll admit, I kind of forgot how great the duel is between Dumbledore and Voldemort yes, um, at the Ministry so of Magic. Cool. It is really, really cool. There's a lot of things going on in Order of Phoenix I like. I like mm-hmm. all of them secretly training. I think that's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I, I just felt like I really I really had a good time watching it. More than I, I thought I would, if I'm being honest. So that's why I have it at order. Um, your thoughts in order? And is it on your list? Well, that's kind of like a perfect transition in a way. And also funny because I have Order of the Phoenix at number four. So we have oh, four and five switched, flipped. which is really okay. interesting. Oh, I have um, a bad feeling. Not a bad feeling, but I think our top three, we might have like one of the same. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Well, not to like spoil anything too much, but the one you ranked last on your TikTok video is my number one. So we'll get to that eventually. (laughs) We'll get to it for sure. Okay, perfect. Um, Perfect. But I have a really complicated relationship with the fifth movie because Order of the Phoenix is my favorite book. Um, oh, okay, okay. Which I feel like is also slightly a hot take because everyone always says they don't like like how much of book five is about school. Um, and I love that. I loved reading the extensive chapters on Harry Potter taking tests. I yes. thought that was so cool. So I <laughs> ate book five up. Um, and so when it first came out, It's the only Harry Potter movie where after I saw it for the first time in theaters, I came out of the theater and I was like genuinely disappointed. Um, Oh, interesting. Because there is a, there's a lot from five that gets cut. I mean, obviously all the exam stuff gets simplified, which honestly isn't why I'm upset. I'm honestly upset because the extent to which, um, the, oh gosh, now I'm totally blanking on what it's called. The the mystery section of the Ministry of Magic. What is that called? Department of Mysteries? Yeah, yes. I think it's called okay. Department of Mysteries. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I've been bragging about how much I know about Harry Potter and that I do that. It's bound to happen. <laughs> it's bound to happen. You got it it's right. Fine. You got it. You got it. It's Department of Mysteries. I got it. That's right. It just took me a second. Um, yeah, you're the, fine. The scope of Department of Mysteries in the book is so cool. And the, like yeah. they're in all these different rooms and like... What I love about that part is honestly as scary as it was reading it is seeing all of his friends get like 
knocked out and potentially killed. Like, Harry doesn't know if anyone is alive. Like, it really does look like at one point that Hermione's going to die and, like, Neville gets his nose broken and Ron gets strangled to death almost. So, like, I love the stakes that book five takes. Um, And I think the movie really degrades that. And I think that is partially because, like, they have to keep the ratings at a certain level and, like, as much as the movies mature, like, they're still, like, to an extent, family movies. And so I do think a lot of the stuff gets watered down in Five, which really bummed me out. But I also love Five because on the flip side of you, I think Umbridge is awesome. Wow. I, I love her stuff because I think she translates from book to screen perfectly. Like, that's exactly how I pictured her in the books and so to see her like portrayed so like on point I was like blown away by that I also think five has one of the better scores in all the movies um so I really like that about it too where like it's just like fun you would definitely join Umber's task force wouldn't you I feel like if you love her that much I'm a Hufflepuff. I, I would never. How do you? <laughs> I guess you? I would be. I guess yeah. I would be the person joining the the task force. Okay, you're right. Yeah. Um, sorry, I put How that dare on you. you? <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. You're projecting. Uh, I am projecting. You're totally right. <laughs> I will say this. I actually just had this conversation uh, very recently with my uh, fiance, who's obviously mm. uh, also a huge fan of the series and books, mm-hmm. and we were discussing Order of Phoenix, and I think she said almost something very identical to what you're saying about the Hall Ooh. of the Department of Mysteries yeah. and the Hall of Prophecy, where the book does go into immense detail mm-hmm. in that whole section. And I think my favorite part about that is that uh, there's a there's a moment, and I feel like in the book, where it's like the prophecy could easily have been about Neville. Yes, and yes. And that's what's so like entertaining and like really just great about the book is that you get the sense that maybe Harry isn't the chosen one and the movie you don't get that same same sense I think you get a little bit of it Mm -hmm. and I actually just read some things recently um, about like certain framings and certain shots of the movie where it implies Neville might be the chosen one but it's just not to the same degree Right. and that's what's kind of disappointing because you know, of course, a book is always going to be a little bit more detailed or a lot right. more detailed and provide a lot more substance than a movie. But that was always was just really uh, killer about the book is that you could, you know, maybe Harry isn't the chosen one. Uh, and I'm not, you know, the prophecy could be about Neville. So, yeah, um, I, do like I think that. that's why ultimately I put order just a little bit at five. I still like it a lot. I still mm-hmm. really enjoy it. Uh, you know, as, as awful as Umbridge is or as awesome as she is, as, as you put it, um, mm. She is still uh, just like a very entertaining villain. And, yeah. you know, for a movie franchise that's always been so focused on uh, he who shall not be named, mm-hmm. I love that the movie does a really good job giving you this really awesomely terrible villain to mm-hmm. kind of shift your attention to. And that's what I kind of love about it. You know, it's not that we don't, we don't get a break from Voldemort. We just... Right have someone else to hate for a bit and that's what's really great about it so i'm glad we both loved chamber and order it's on our top five so okay number three then since we know five and four your third favorite harry potter movie okay my third favorite is prisoner of azkaban um, Whoa! I know, which is again, hopefully honestly, listeners aren't tuning out right now for, for this potential <laughs> blasphemous statement 
Uh, wow. <laughs> number three. I'm Honestly, in, I'm dying to know what number two is. Uh, oh, boy. Uh, okay. I Yeah, I feel like my entire ranking is just, like, major hot take after hot take, and that's fine with me. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> well, I, 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 like... I have a feeling. Okay, let's just let's, let's, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Okay, okay. I really like three. I like the tonal shift, and I've talked about it a little bit before on my letterbox reviews. But I, th- while I love what Christopher or Chris Columbus does with the first two films, in like in terms of how faithful he is to the books. I don't think that the vibe he was creating within the franchise would have translated well to three. So, like, the change in directors, I think, is, like, such a good call. Um, Genius. Which is just, like, honestly, yeah. Like, and such a big get. So, it's just, like, that I love. And, like, three introduces us, obviously, to so many crucial characters. Um, I love that... The actor who played Remus Lupin was told to play him as gay. I think that's dope, even though that's technically not canon. I do fanship that, so I'm cool with that. I'm on board, I'm on board. <laughs> Super on board. Um, what keeps it from hitting, like, top or higher? I, get, I mean, it's in my top three, so it's still pretty high, but, like, what keeps yeah. it from going... Yeah, I mean, any- we're, not saying, we're not saying you ranked it eight or seven. I, I, know. Mean, I know. I know I reacted, like... Like I was just like shocked by I know scandal right now. <laughs> you you ranked it in your top three, but you know this is a movie that's popularly put yes in the number one two spot. So yeah. that, I mean that was my 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 reason for my shock. But yes, you oh, put it totally. in your top three, so it's not like you're saying it's bad by any means. Yeah, not bad by any means because the I, the tone is perfect. Harry's haircut is perfect. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard that one. Uh, I. Can I even think about it right now? I might have to look it up as you're talking. Um, you might have to look it up because I would argue that Harry's hair in book th- or in the third movie is exactly how it's actually described in the books. Like messy, but not like too crazy. Like I just think it's perfect. Um, it's oh, I love his hair. Uh- <laughs> okay, oh, I'm, I'm looking at it now. I like it. I get it. I agree. Yes. Good looking hair. Good looking hair. Um, but what keeps it from going higher for me is. In the in the books, the scene where we're revealed the true like culprit of everything going wrong, and that like Peter Pettigrew is not only alive but is like the source of why Sirius Black is in prison and why Harry's parents are dead, like all these different things coming together, I feel like is so minimized in the movie, mm-hmm. and I would argue that like scene in the shrieking shack is one of the most like pivotal moments in harry's character and the relationships he has in like the whole series so i hate i just don't like how little that is it makes me really sad because like reading that part i even reread the books earlier this year and like that is probably one of the better moments of jkr's writing is that scene and so Mm. it honestly really like impacts how i look at the film overall is just Interesting. That one okay. moment. That's fair. <laughs> uh, my my prisoner of Azkaban thoughts will come later. Let's just yes, say that. I'm gonna totally. I'm gonna save it for later. Totally. I <laughs> I'm gonna pivot. I, I like okay. everything you said, and I agree to an extent with everything you said. Okay. Um. What's your three? My three. 
Uh, I'll, I'll say it right now. I just switched it. It was something <gasps> else, and now I'm switching it because I oh just my like God. I need to follow my heart. I need to. Yes. I need to follow yes. my heart. I need to. I need to be honest. You inspired me because you're just oh. you're off the cuff, going oh crazy God. right now, and I'm so, so I'm like, I need to pull a Claire right now and just say, "Fuck it." Uh, yes. I'm gonna say what I want to say. Number three, I'm putting Deathly Hallows Part Two. Um, <gasps> wow! I love Deathly Hallows Part Two a lot. I wow. I think it's I've said this before, and I, I will say it again. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite conclusions to any franchise, any saga, mm-hmm. any trilogy, sequel, whatever you want to say. It I think it's just a tremendous achievement to really end all of these these movies on such a perfect note when you have these many movies uh and especially because i could be wrong here but i feel like harry potter was the very first time we got like this part one part two in a a, a movie yeah Um, i think it is officially the first one to do that yeah and then after this it obviously spurs a lot of films to do part one part two at hunger games did it and then twilight Twilight. um so a lot of movies you know followed uh, in line after this and obviously mm-hmm. it works for some doesn't work for others uh, right. you know a lot of times it might be financial gain the reason to split the two yeah. this made sense to split the two um mm. i say that because i don't know if the hobbit needed to be three movies uh, as a big fan of the hobbit and someone who read the hobbit yeah. i don't know if three movies needed to be uh done there and i don't I know how you put the you. hunger games um that didn't need to be split I don't think that needed to be split either. Though. No, it didn't. Um, it really didn't. <laughs> so yeah, there, there are times where it's warranted and there's times where it's not. This felt mm-hmm. warranted. And I think that with this, I don't want to say bold move, but maybe bold move to split the last book into two parts. Mm-hmm. It, it just it just ended so well. And it really hit everything I wanted to happen. Um happened i think that the final duel turned out amazing i love the chaos Mm. at the end neville you know finally getting his moment to shine was just a a moment that i will never forget and even though i find the last scene of the movie slightly cheesy and and not so much because of what's going on i just think the characters look if i'm being honest i think they look dumb no Um, the makeup looks really bad Yeah, it looks bad. I feel like Daniel Radcliffe just looks like he's wearing like a suit that's too big for him. Yeah, and he just—you don't look older. You just look like you're playing dress up. And yeah, like, they look like they're I, pretending I, to be adults. I, yeah, it looks like they're pretending to be adults rather than like actually as adults. And and um, that always sticks out to me at the ending. But I still really like the ending a lot, and I I can't help but like just feel so at peace as the music mm. you know, plays at the end of the movie. And I'm just so happy. So that's why I have it ranked at number three. Uh, I don't know if it's on your list or not, but uh, um, thoughts on Hollows Part 2? Well, I, I hear you and I respect you <laughs> and I love wow. your love for this movie, but that is my least favorite movie of the entire series. Huh? <gasps> least favorite? Least favorite. I have it below Philosopher's Stone and everything. Wow! I oh. know. Um, okay, which is a slightly new development. I had it higher on my old rankings, but the more I thought about it, and especially this last rewatch, I was a little bit like, eh, 
I'm not a huge fan, which is also crazy because like this is the one the the last movie is the one I also saw in theaters the most and like had the most like impact. Like I remember so vividly like where I sat in the theater on at midnight when I saw this movie. Same, same. So like normally that has like a big impact on my opinions of film. Like if I have an attachment like that, usually I'm just gonna be like perfect movie. I love it. But, and I do think the downside is a lot of my feelings about Deathly Hollows Part 2 are not actually Deathly Hollows Part 2's fault. Uh They're all the other movies' faults. I think the last movie misses out on so much of the greater symbolism of, like, what's happening. But it's because certain things get cut from the movies or, like, they decide to shoot it slightly different, which is, like, valid, but, like... There's so many little moments that I'm just like, this is good, but it would have been so much better if, like, they'd done it this way. My big example, and this is so nitpicky, honestly. But my, <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. But my biggest example of it is I really don't like the location of where Snape is killed um, in the movie. Because in the book, he's killed in the shriek- the Shrieking Shack, which is such a big symbolic moment because when he was in school going to Hogwarts he had that pivotal moment where like Sirius tried to trick him into going to the Shrieking Shack and seeing Lupin as a werewolf and James like saves his life and then eventually he dies in that place where like before he almost died as a teenager and like Harry's there as like a reflection of James but is unable to save him so like the duality of that I find so amazing and we don't really get that in the movie as much because like they take them to a boathouse which is like we've never been to a boathouse like why are we in a boathouse i think that's so weird no i i completely agree (laughs) i feel like i feel like you're like giving all these excellent reasons to why it's not in your top five and i'm just like but i like the ending no like the the cool colors and nepal being heroic Yes. And then you're giving this like very profound reason. And I'm like, oh I my know. god, you're But no, you're right. your love for it is good. I think the <laughs> other thing I think the other thing I struggle with is I really get like turned off by like fan service or like kind of like fluffy mm. moments. And Deathly Hollows Part Two definitely has a lot of those moments where like there's dramatic pauses for like you know exactly where people were cheering in the theater when this yeah, moment happened. Yeah, yeah. And I just that kind of stuff is like cool when you're in a theater and experiencing it like that but on like a rewatch i just am like why are we pausing here like we get it like good point, come on. Good point. Like, but it also so you're, not, is... you're not on the couch cheering at home as well is what you're saying <gasps> honestly no not as much <laughs> as i wanted to be i used to like love when molly would like kill bellatrix but now i just kind of get mad because like why did she turn into dust what was that about yeah but it's so cool but it is so cool <laughs> it's such a like iconic line and i just like love it that, that's it might yeah. be i don't know if it's my favorite part in the whole movie of the part two but it's, it's like huge. so I, I will say this i am a, a i don't want to say I'm, a, I'm not a boomer but i have i have cable <laughs> i have television <laughs> which is i know ridiculous but the pandemic started and i was yes. saving so much money on like not driving and i was like eh, let's just get cable so we got yeah. cable television because we wanted to watch cooking shows and stuff oh totally and let me tell you something I don't, do you have cable 
No, but my mom has one of those like weird satellites that gets like the like twenty localish channels. So oh, kind of, okay, but well, not really. Yeah. So I I pay for like Sling, which is wow. I, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But I mean, if you enjoy it, it, pay for it. Well, I don't know if I do anymore. Oh no! But I also <laughs> I really like Food Network, so it's hard. It's hard. That's a whole different conversation for a different day. Totally. Anyways, let me tell you something, Clara. Okay. Harry tell me. Potter is on TV. I want to say every day of the week. On a Hell different channel. Yes, um, I love that. It's either on USA, it's on Sci-Fi, it's on ABC, or I guess it's Freeform now. Mm-hmm. Anyways, it's on TV constantly, and that's fine. That's good. Yeah. And and I don't think there's even a bias to which one is on. I, I feel like, gosh, you can, any certain day, Chamber will be on, or a Half Blood Prince will be on. I mean, it mm-hmm. can be anything. Where I'm going with this is that every time Deadly Hallows Part Two is on, I make it a point to stop my laundry. Stop my cooking, and I watch Molly Weasley uh, destroy Bellatrix, and it's just like wow. my favorite part. I so, love that. Anyways, uh, I love it. Uh, after listening to you talk about it, I'm like, should I love it? But, no, uh, you should. I'll, you should <laughs> stop. Stop. <laughs> I'll re. I'll rethink. I'm, like I like no. You and I have already said our rankings change like monthly, weekly. Yes. So there might be a day where I I have it out of the top five. But okay. it is not this day, so no, it'll stay. No, it's there, the and it's there in your heart, and that's what matters. <laughs> so, so that was my number three. Okay. What is your number three? Do we reach establish number three? We I did my number now. three. My number three okay. was Prisoner of Azkaban. That's right. That's right. Shock and scandal. Uh, I know. So now we get to do my number two, two which is also oh, shock and scandal. <laughs> oh, no. I ha- so here's the thing. I know what your number one is. Yeah. And so if your number two isn't what I'm thinking, this is going to be... This is going to be interesting. So go ahead, number two. I'm super... Well, okay. Because my number two has changed dramatically. Um, My number two now is Half-Blood Prince. Ooh. Okay. is crazy bananas because Goblet of Fire has been my number two for like a decade. Um, Mm -hmm. And then on this most recent marathon of it, all the movies, I was kind of like, I love four, but not as much as I thought I did. I definitely was like clinging to the like i've said before the nostalgia of like that being my first harry potter movie in a theater um Mm -hmm. so i kind of like set that aside and then half-blood prince become became my second favorite which is also a hot take because from what i understand a lot of people say half-blood prince is their favorite book and so then they get really upset like i did with order of the phoenix because like so much gets cut from and that's why i'm kind of surprised to see half-blood prince at your number two so yeah. i will uh, <laughs> have to listen to your explanation right now and okay. see uh, if continuity sticks. <laughs> i'll try and i have so many thoughts about half-blood prince actually but <laughs> <laughs> one of the things i love most about half half-blood prince is it's our very last movie and book obviously but movie at hogwarts like explicitly um mm-hmm. And I think the fact that for the movie we get, we get the serious moments, obviously, like there's a lot of dark stuff happening, but we also get this like glimmer of comedy and like romance and all these other different things is like, in my opinion, a really big breath of fresh air right before we go into a two-part finale that is just favorite character dying after favorite character dying oh, like yeah, it's it's, it's just a domino effect and that i mean that does start at the end of six with dumbledore but 
to have a movie right before that where we get one more movie in Hogwarts, which is the place that we've known better than anywhere else in the entire franchise, and, like, it's not just consistently, like, doom and gloom, I love that about Half-Blood Prince. I love the, like, tonal shifts of it. While I am bummed that they cut out so many of the memories that Harry and Dumbledore look at from the book because I do think it waters down like how evil Voldemort is. Like I do think we get a very like child-friendly Voldemort in the movies. Yeah, arguably. yeah. Um, I love what we do get for the memories and like how they're shot with like them going down into the pensive and the, the smoke like suddenly becomes characters walking in this like I just think that transition is so cool and I love that vibe the other big thing I'm on a, a, a ramble but I really do want to defend this movie <laughs> go for um, it because I, I, have, I have certain things to say so go okay, for it okay the other big thing I love specifically about the movie for Half-Blood Prince and this is one of the rare examples of like a specific scene in the movies that I think is done way better than it was done in the books is when Harry is in Hagrid's hut and is with Slughorn and it's after Aragog's funeral and he's got he's like helped convince Slughorn to get drunk so that he can get the memory about Voldemort finally um there's that monologue that Professor Slughorn does about Lily and, like, how she, like, gave him a goldfish with her magic and it was this big, beautiful thing. And then the day Lily died, like, the goldfish was gone. That's, first of all, just, like, such a beautifully done, like, intimate moment. But I also love that because Lily Potter is arguably the entire reason why anything in Harry Potter is happening. Like, her, like, blood magic is the reason why Harry became a horcrux instead of just flat out dying when mm -hmm. Voldemort tried to kill him. Like, she's honestly, like, the, cr the crutch of, like, why everything is going on. But we get nothing about her. We don't know anything about Lily Potter, arguably, except for that she was yeah. a mom and a wife. And, yeah, and she loved Harry. And she loved Harry. And so to have a scene from Slughorn, who is, like, arguably the only person in Harry's life in half-blood prince who knew his mom intimately and first of all it makes me mad that harry never asks anything about lily but it's fine but like to get that moment from slughorn where he speaks of like her intellect and her abilities as a witch rather than as like an a, an assistant to the men in her life i love that i eat that up mm -hmm. anytime so i think that's what really helps me too is it's just I think we we get a lot from Half-Blood Prince that is so crucial to the story overall. And so I just, I love that movie. I love that movie. You've made excellent points, amazing points. Thank I have uh, Half-Blood Prince at six. I had it okay. at, uh, it was on the cusp of my fifth. And, totally. Uh, I really kind of teeter between what do I love more, Half-Blood Prince or Order? And yeah. I, I went with Order just slightly above Half-Blood Prince. That's and super the fair. the way you mentioned about the tonal shifts. It's something that doesn't get on my nerves. It's just mm. what makes it kind of a, a really wild ride yeah. in terms of like, it's just a roller coaster of emotions. You know, there's a lot of random moments of romance that it, it's fine. It's funny. Mm -hmm. you know, the whole Lavender Ron situation is enjoyable and fun, but it kind of takes me out of mm. kind of like what I was feeling before. Like it gets real serious and all of a sudden it's like, oh, they're like, awkwardly flirting or she's trying to flirt with her yeah. um, him and it just like mm -hmm. kind of takes me out of it sometimes um the whole hermione like being upset about it the whole time is just like 
Yeah. I just kind of want it to be over uh, sometimes. <laughs> I just wanted to move on. Um, that being said, I still enjoy it. It's still like funny mm-hmm. to watch, but mm-hmm. it's just like it just takes me out of it sometimes. That's um, fair. I do love uh the quidditch i, I mentioned this before yeah. i think half-blood prince has my favorite quidditch scene in any yeah. of the franchise mm-hmm. uh, i love ron's uh fake courage or what he thinks yeah. is liquid luck but is really just him as he blocks every uh, ball going into i say hoop i don't know what the, the term is in um, quidditch world but i think it would be hoop i think you got yeah, it. hoop yeah hoop sounds right anyways yeah. i just love his his confidence throughout that whole scene um, mm-hmm. Quidditch, you know, is something that I've always loved as a kid and, you know, you know, wanted to be a part of my whole life. So it was really fun seeing that moment because I feel like we, we get a lot of fun Quidditch scenes, mm-hmm. but they're always about Harry catching the snitch or, right. you know, very Harry centric. And this was nice to get a Ron centric moment and it's done really well. So anyways, that's just yeah. like a personal love of mine is that scene. Anyways, I, I like Half Blood Prince a lot. Like I said, that's six, almost my fifth. Probably can be my fifth one day, but um, yeah, uh, it's not in my top five. That's my fair. number two is is going to be actually Prisoner of Azkaban. If I'm being honest. Ah, oh, um, okay, okay, okay. Scandal. Wait, shock, wow. Okay, shock and awe. I know. Ooh, okay. I think I know what your one will be, but I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> it was okay. ranked one. I like just recently, uh, three yeah. days ago, I ranked it number one. If I'm being honest. You know, I'm telling you now, uh, mm-hmm. listeners will know. Did I cave to peer pressure when I posted that social media ranking? Because I was totally afraid of being, did. you know, judged. And you know, you know, people are kind of harsh on social media. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Um, people are kind, of, people are kind of mean yeah. when uh, when they find out your opinion differs from them. So yes. did I cave when I put Prisoner of Azkaban number one? Maybe a little bit. And maybe that's something mm-hmm. that only people listening to this podcast will ever know. And that's okay. <laughs> I love it. I really, really love yeah. it. And uh, it and I what I said in that post, I'm going to say again now. Uh, it it changed the entire trajectory of this franchise yeah. and in, in the best possible way. The first two did its job. Mm-hmm. It introduced us to this magical wizarding world, and I think like we mentioned earlier, two does a good job preparing us for the darkness of the series, and three plunges us deep into it. Yeah. Um, I I I really love everything about it uh there's just a lot going on and it's the ending is great and the time turner which is something that as a kid reading prism azkaban um i could never i don't know if i just have like the imagination to imagine it i just like couldn't like figure it out as a kid like i got it but i also didn't get it okay okay. and then when i saw the movie i feel like it just like it perfectly yeah i was like oh that's how it works this is amazing and just I love it. You know, I'm a sucker yeah. for time travel stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really fun to get like this pseudo time travel movie in Prisoner of Azkaban. And I, I think this is my favorite Hermione as well. Um, she is she's she's great throughout this franchise, mm-hmm. uh, grows very well. Uh, I, but I think three is my favorite because she's just kind of like a, just a badass, really, honestly. Are you thinking uh, of the I, punch? Oh, the punch. The punch is, <laughs> I think, if I were to rank, like, my five favorite Harry Potter scenes, the punch is, like, in the top three. Yeah, uh, yep. It's just a wonderful moment because it's something that I think resonates with the audience. Like, we all just want to punch Malfoy at some point yes. in the series. <laughs> and I love that it's Hermione who does it because, you know, we, uh, throughout this whole franchise, she's the one that's portrayed as the 
meek, maybe intelligent, very intelligent mm-hmm. one. Um, so I love it's her that, you know, gives him the punch in the face that he deserves. Yeah. So I love Prisoner of Azkaban for all those reasons and all the reasons you mentioned as well. Mm-hmm. But I do have it at number two. Dang. We're going to number one now. This is okay. it. Okay. Big reveal. I know. I'm going to just, I'm, I'm going to go first. Yeah, you go because first. Yours is going to be a doozy, I think. But okay. so my, my number one. Okay. I went with my heart. Yes. So if anybody's listening and saying, what's going on? I'm going with my heart. Number one is Goblet of Fire. For I me. knew it. And I knew it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yes, so there's I an argument. This. There's a big argument here that this, like Half-Blood Prince, uh, maybe not as much as Half-Blood Prince, but there's a big mm-hmm. argument that the fourth book, a lot is left out in this movie. And yeah, yes. I, I would agree. Yes. I have seen Goblet of Fire the most out of any single of these movies. Um, yeah. I, it's the one I turn on the most. It's the one that gives me the most comfort. It's the one that mm. I just, honestly, maybe it's nothing critical or anything even deep. It's just the one I really have the most fun watching every single time. Yeah. Um, there's never a point where I, I just don't think there's any lulls in it. Mm. I can turn it on at any point and I can just watch it from that point. It could be the first 15 minutes or the first 45 minutes. It doesn't matter to me. I, I can turn it on at any point and I am just so in love with it i think the ending is just, just tra- obviously very tragic when cedric dies mm-hmm. um and sadly i mean not sadly but kind of <laughs> funny that it's comical now because of uh, social media and that's funny I, I don't mind that uh, <laughs> i don't know i don't mind that people have used the sound of cedric's dad uh yeah. wailing over cedric's death that's um it's a really funny meme i don't so it's it's sad when watching it but then thinking about how everybody's kind of uh parodied it. it makes it more enjoyable yeah but you know if i'm being really honest um if i'm being honest joe when it comes to like anything that has like a tournament at the center of its story mm-hmm. i'm kind of just like drawn into it no matter what really um i'm just a sucker for tournament stuff i think tournament stuff is always so entertaining the movie could be like really not great and if there's like a tournament i'm like i'm kind of invested i'm kind of into this wow. um, and that's why i think i like the first Hunger Games the most out of all of the Hunger Game uh, gotcha. movies. Because this is like a, there's a tournament. I'm like so invested into it. I'm just like, this is so cool. I want to mm-hmm. watch forever. Um, and then that gradually goes away as the, the movies progress. Anyways, digressing there. Um, no, I love that. I just love the tournament stuff. You know, when reading the book as a kid, I was like, I I hope this is as cool as I'm imagining it. And it's mm-hmm. cooler. And oh, I think like really? Victor Crumb... I, am I, I maybe I'm, I'm I think I'm re- like realizing my imagination just was not very great as a kid. Um, <laughs> I just didn't have like the ability to really imagine things great. Uh, that's what I'm realizing at this point. But that's okay. That's okay. I I, I just just so fun. Victor Crumb is uh, super cool, and mm-hmm. Cedric Diggory is there's just so many characters I love in this movie. And yeah, I I really I just have a soft spot for this movie. I'm in love with it, and so that's why I have it at number one. So wow. let's, let's okay. hear your thoughts on Goblet that was your number two for so long, but so has long. dropped out of your favor. Yeah, well, I think what really did it for me is, and I, I this is like more of an, I guess, a, an overall statement a little bit, is I think what really has impacted my most recent marathon is that I have reread all the books twice in the in the last like couple months as well and so having all of that like book context set beside the film context impacts a lot um and so i think the biggest thing about goblet of fire that 
is an issue, in my opinion, is that the director, oh, I want to say his name is, like, Mike Newell. I think that's his name. Uh, he didn't read the book before he made the movie, from what I've heard and understood. I've and... heard this. I've heard this criticism. Let me let me double yeah. check. Something. Mike Newell is correct. By the okay. Way. Oh, I'm right. so smart. I know you're facts. Good. You're good. <laughs> Redeemed yourself for the uh, Department the, of Mysteries. Yeah, you're good. I did. <laughs> you're good. Which, by the way, you knew. So yeah, it's okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. It's fine. <laughs> but yeah, for everything I remember reading about that movie specifically is that like, yeah, he didn't read the book beforehand and that's why we see some of the more like memeable moments from the movie like the gob like the dumbledore like said calmly meme uh do you know what i'm talking about no what oh, meme is this oh, oh my, my gosh, god what is it okay dumbledore what so uh so in the book oh, when, after harry yep after Harry goes to uh, the trophy room after his name's been pulled out of the goblet, in the book it's described as Dumbledore comes in and very calmly, and it's emphasized, like, calmly says, like, Harry, did you put your name in the goblet of fire? Because, like, that's kind of yep. the relationship they have. But in the movie, <laughs> <laughs> Dumbledore... I, I, I found the meme already. <laughs> Dumbledore sprints in. First of all, he's <laughs> running, which I've never seen Dumbledore run in my life. He's running. He grabs Harry by, like, the shirt and, like, pushes him into a wall and is like, did you put your name in the goblet of fire? <laughs> like, he's, like, so intense. And so people always, like, meme the hell out of that moment. Um. <laughs> oh, you're right. I, I cannot believe I've missed this. I'm, oh I'm looking at it God. on the internet right now, and it yes. says, "Did you put your name into the goblet of fire, Harry?" He asked calmly. Calmly. And in the movie, he's the uh, exact opposite of calm, yeah. as you have wonderfully done a rendition of. Thank you. Um, wow. <laughs> I, I can't believe I've missed this, but uh, yeah. So I, if anything, now you're telling me you're giving me more reasons why I love this movie. If I'm being honest, that's with you. so like, now funny. Now, now I just love it even more. So Good. I'm glad actually. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I love the movie. I think the the thing that bothers me more now in adulthood, and this comes from like the fact that when I'm looking at film, I'm almost always prioritizing the treatment of female characters on screen. Um. Mm-hmm. I detest the way this movie decides to make the schools that come to, like, participate in the tournament both single-gender schools. Like, those are both supposed to be co-ed schools. Um, Mm. And I think by doing that, we get a lot of um, reinforced stereotypes. Like, the fact that all the girls are, like, kind of explicitly sexualized when they come in and do their little dance and we get a close-up shot of their butts. Like, stuff like Mm. that, I'm just a little bit, like, I get it. Harry and Ron are teenage boys. Fourth book is where they kind of first actually notice that girls even exist in, like, a a sexual way. Um, So it's, like, it, it makes sense that it's happening, but it just feels really weird seeing it on screen in such a blatant way when like in the book it's i would argue a little more subtle um so stuff like that just kind of like grinds my gears a little bit um but overall i totally agree with what you're saying i love that this movie is like arguably a little bit like a sports movie i think that's so fun i love that about it and like i think um like voldemort's resurrection is done really well Oh, I um, love the entire ending of his yes. return so much. Oh my god, it's so fun. I really like that. Like, that really is exactly how I pictured it in my head reading it in the book. So, like, I think they did a great job with those elements mm. of things. 
Um, Spoiler, that's not how I pictured it, which is <gasps> why I loved it even more. Really? I, we're, we're, we're at a this point so now where my, my brain just couldn't like really conjure up these pictures as well as the movie could, apparently. Oh, to- I, I mean, like that's as, fair. As a kid, like, of course I imagine Voldemort's scary, but like... I don't know. The way they did it in in the fourth one, where he comes back, cuts off his hand, and just like he's awful, and he mm-hmm. you know puts Harry into you know you know slapped to the stone, and just kind of bullies him. Yeah, and it's just like you are terrible, and I feel like it just it's everything that I was ready for, and mm-hmm. they just just really exceeded what I imagined. So that's why I I, I tend to love that final scene. Yeah, I think I think you've worded that so perfectly. Like it is definitely where I feel like you have to start taking Voldemort seriously because like he's mm-hmm. obviously around in the other movies, but this is where like he's here and he's like like properly back. And so like just everything he's doing is I would argue the fourth movie is where he's like at his most scary. Um and I think that's really cool. Like, I love seeing that side of him because I, like we said a little bit earlier, like, I do think later on he gets watered down in a lot of ways. Um, but he's done so well in the fourth one. All right. We've had our say on Goblet. It's time to reveal Clara's number one. I know. Oh, my God. Okay, here we go. Here we go. This is, this is once again, a major hot take. Um, <laughs> I think so. I think so. I think most people would agree with you. My number one is Deathly Hollows Part 1. Um, I, God, I love Deathly Hollows Part 1. I love this movie with, like, every fiber of my being. Okay, uh, let's oh. hear why. <laughs> Please explain. <laughs> Please explain as I'm sitting here like it, I ranked it last just recently oh, and no. I'm not even sure like I've changed my order so many times the past 3 days. Yeah. And I don't think that's changed though. <gasps> I think Deathly Hall is still my Oh. My, my I love God. it, but my least favorite. I don't know. I flip-flop between that and, and Philosopher's Stone a lot. So Okay, okay. It's still low though. So let's let's hear it. Let's wow. Hear it. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. First of all, <laughs> <laughs> um, like I said, I love female characters. I love analyzing them. I love like prioritizing like my attention on them. And I would say Deathly Hollows Part One is the most um, thorough in trying to depict Hermione Granger as more than just like a smart girl. That's mm-hmm. obviously a huge part of what she's contributing to the movie. But we also get to see such, like, an unreal, like, unwavering strength from her that I adore. Um, I love that the movie essentially opens with us watching her wipe herself from her parents' memories. um, Which, in the book, is just kind of like a throwaway line. Like, she says it kind of almost casually, and then they never bring it up ever again. And so to actually get to watch it happen, I think, is such a good choice i love the inclusion of those little moments of like showing like the characters before things really take off um i i love the symbolism behind deathly hollows part one in that we are slowly watching every single other place besides hogwarts that harry has like had some kind of safety in be like completely ripped away from him so like oh, he yeah. has he can't be at the dursleys anymore which i mean the movies don't explain why that is like they don't explain any of that but like 
his blood magic, like, spell that's protecting him when he's at the Dursleys is gone. So, like, that home, while it wasn't, like, a good home for him in terms of, like, emotional support, was, like, a physical place that he could go and for sure be safe. And that's done. And then he goes to the Weasleys, which is, like, essentially his home away from homes. And then once the Ministry falls, like, that place instantly is infiltrated by Death Eaters. And then they go to Grimald Place because where else would they go? And that's, like the one place he thought he could have a home, and then that's ripped away from him. And so I think that's such a cool setup for what we get in the last movie. Um, Because obviously, to an extent, part one is just, we could argue in a lot of ways, a setup movie. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Which is super fair, because like, yeah, that's kind of the whole intent of it. But I just think it's all done really well. It's also a movie where um, I think a huge part of that movie is done better than the books in that, like, everything done at the Ministry when they put they do Polyjuice Potion and, like, infiltrate the Ministry to get the locket from Umbridge, everything about that is done, in my opinion, five times better than it, J.K. Rowling, like, puts it in the book. Like, it's just yeah. so much more engaging and exciting. Um, it is very exciting. Oh, my God, it's so good. And I love... Um, I love the scene, how they animate the story of the the three brothers. I will say that's my favorite, favorite part of the whole movie, I think, is the animation scene. God, it's so cool. And how it's like, um, like almost like puppets instead of like, oh. Yeah. Reminds me of that recent uh, Candyman trailer. Yes. I don't know if you ever saw that with the the Nia Costa. Reminds me a lot of that. It's exactly Um, like that. It is. That's my. I think that's like the scene. I feel like when I watch this movie on TV, it's every time I turn on the TV and this channel, it's always this scene playing, and I'm always like, "Oh, I'm gonna watch this part." Yes, it's, like my favorite part. it's such um, a good part. Um, I also I love the not the final scene, but everything going on at Malfoy Manor at the end with like Hermione being tortured, which honestly makes me like like literally sob like i become a mess when that's happening but everything going on in that sequence i think is done part like i just think the tone of that movie and the way they're depicting it is done so impressively and i think it's where we get the best grasp on like who harry ron and hermione all are as like people in terms of like more well-rounded characters and i really like that because i think in a lot of the other movies they do get pigeonholed into kind of like their stereotyped versions in the movies um and i would argue part one is where they kind of break out of that at least a little bit which i really enjoy man you so i'm like (laughs) not upset but I do feel like, man, you made a lot of great points. So I agree with essentially everything you said. And I think you really hit the nail on the head for why I just don't not not I'm obviously fond of the movie, but why oh, totally. I always rank it last or low. Yeah. And this is just a Joe problem. If I'm being completely honest, oh, totally. it's a, it's a it's a, something I just I just can never get over as a mm-hmm. movie watcher, as somebody who watches a lot of trilogies or franchises or sagas. Yeah. I always always have really hard time with the second, the penultimate movie. Interesting. I always have hard time with the setup movie. This is true for obviously this franchise part mm-hmm. 1. Um, I have uh, difficulty with Infinity War in the Avengers Infinity Saga. Mm. Um, I can't really think of any others at this point right now, but there are, I'm sure there are others that I just, I always have difficulty with the setup movie because 
I am, I, I don't know. I I just always want to get a really solid conclusion. Ah, uh, so and you don't like cliffhangers. I just, I, just, I like them, but <laughs> when it comes to this one, I just, every time I watch part one, mm-hmm. and this is every single time, it ends and I'm like, but, but, but wait, 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 wait. I, I want to watch the other one now. Uh-huh. And I feel like I just get left with such this feeling of like emptiness and I just want to watch the second one so much more um okay. in this, in that's you know and but i 100 percent agree with you in the sense yeah. that it's done really really well mm-hmm. and there's there's so many great things about it and it's set up so perfectly but as soon as dobby perishes and i'm like okay, I, I need to like we need to like get the second one going i need to like feel better even though a lot of death happens in the second one as right. well um I just need to like feel better about myself now. And I just like, I just hard for me to watch the part one and not fall completely in love with it. Cause I just want to watch the second one more. Yeah. But th- again, this is just, this is honestly just a Joe problem. Cause oh, totally. a lot of people said like, Oh yeah. Uh, part one is really good. You're not, the, I, you're definitely not the only person who feels this way. Oh good. Um, <laughs> you're not it at all. like it. <laughs> uh, I think the other thing I don't, not that I don't dislike. I just, you mentioned this earlier mm-hmm. about, being so connected to Hogwarts for so many movies and so many books, mm. and it's the one place we're so familiar with, yeah. that I'll have to admit, I mean, I am kind of sad to not be at Hogwarts anymore. Totally. Um, a, a place that I've grown to love and really cherish. And I get, you know, obviously the reasons they're away from Hogwarts, and mm-hmm. there's a good reason why they're away. It's, it's hard to not be in Hogwarts anymore. It, right. It's like... It's a place that I loved, and to be away from it and deal with a lot of death and just darkness, it's just, I just miss it. That's all. I miss, I miss Hogwarts. I miss no, Hogwarts. that's super fair. That totally makes sense, and I think that's, like, a super valid reason, like, why it's not up there for you, but I also think that's probably a lot of the reason why most people aren't as, like, in love with it, because, like, yeah, like, at the end of the day, we are watching because... Arguably, we all just love the characters, but to an extent, we also just love the idea of Hogwarts. So to have yes, a movie exactly. where like that's not happening, it is sad. Um, I also, this is so random and not quite on topic, but I also want to shout out the the scene in Deathly Hallows Part 1 where or Hermione and Harry dance to like cheer themselves up. And that song plays and they're like, <laughs> I just think that's so cute when they're in their little tent and they just have like yeah. a, a dance party and I'm just like, oh, so that's super random. But I know but circling back, <laughs> um, I think that's so fair. And like, while I a lot of the time will argue if uh, a part one of a, a two part finale, like instantly makes you want to watch part two it's doing its job perfectly but that exactly but that also to an extent is like a downside to a movie like that is you are instantly just ready to move on to the next thing instead of like wanting to sit in that movie and like feel it after it ends take it in yeah. yeah which is like a super fair opinion about part one so that makes sense but wow, look wow. at us go. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm like, wow, I've ranked it last. Not, I'm, I'm not I'm thinking about it more. I'm like, oh, maybe it's not last for me. What is last for you if you put something last? Last is Deathly Hollows Part 2. Oh, that's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, I already yeah, knew yeah, that. Yeah. I, no, I, I think good. I just was so shocked by it. I, I pushed I, it out of my brain. You blocked it out. <laughs> I, yeah, I just re- pretended it didn't exist. And so uh, that's why I asked again. That's so um, funny. 
I think if like after this conversation, I'm like maybe philosophers last. Yeah, I, like I philosopher think that a lot one goes too, there though. a lot. I know it's so cute. Like so much of it is dated. I was listening to your podcast episode um, earlier today about like you guys talking about how like a lot of it is really dated. Um, yeah, but it has such a charm to it, and like it does have a great charm to it. I, it's arguably the only movie that is like from start to finish lighthearted which is really nice i do like that about it and i definitely appreciate that part of it um but as a, a cynic i am just drawn more to dark themes so i do yeah. that's why it's usually at the bottom for me <laughs> yeah i think it's just it's hard it's, it's it's almost unfair to compare philosopher to any of yeah. the other movies because it's so wildly different in tone and theme mm-hmm. that it's just it's it's just almost unfair to compare it because it's so yeah. hey let's introduce you to this beautiful and magical world with a little bit of darkness here and there yes and then things just get like wildly scary and sad yeah. um it's almost yeah a little unfair to compare it but uh yeah it is it's still very good but uh mm-hmm. it has a lot of charm but yeah the da- dating on it is it's pretty funny to look at nowadays and in, in a 2021 lens at least <laughs> yeah <laughs> random question before we end i'm yeah. curious just off the top of your head totally. i did not prepare you for this so okay. favorite character who's not the core cast in the sense that <gasps> not hermione ron or harry oh how dare um, you um maybe not snape or or albus okay but someone else so I feel like I have I'm gonna do a two parter, which is kind of cheating. But if we're talking books, I love Ginny. Book Ginny oh, is yeah. book Ginny is great. Book Ginny yeah. is phenomenal. Book or movie Ginny, not so much. She yeah, what happened there, dude? I don't even know. But it makes me so sad because she's such a cool character in the books. Um, so if we're talking yeah, and books, powerful too. Yes, she's so like like well-spoken and confident and just like so fully herself and i really appreciate that um so yeah, if we're talking I'm not books sure what, movies never really go into that like i feel like yeah. they always i feel like in order you get this like sense that Ginny is very powerful very strong mm-hmm. and like just never they really never really go into it like she just no no nah, that's too bad it is too bad. Um, so books, book wise, I love Ginny, but if we're talking movies, I love Luna. I love oh, the Luna's way. Oh, Luna's great. Oh, she's so great, and I love the way they portray her in the movies. The one thing I hate about the books is how consistently, honestly, even after Harry becomes friends with her in the books, they like make fun of her constantly, and that makes me really sad. So I love how in the movies she first of all just like gets more screen time um but she's treated with a lot more respect in the movies in my opinion yeah and i really like that just because like i think she's such a cool concept of a character like this figure who is so dreamy and yet a ravenclaw like she goes kind of against the stereotypes of that house in a lot of ways and i love that about her i think that's phenomenal yeah, I just rewatched uh, Half Blood Prince today, and I just—I yes. think I even said to myself, like, I really enjoy Luna. Like every time yeah. she's on screen, I'm like very focused. I love mm-hmm. every time she's on the screen. Um, yeah, I like her a lot. Okay, mm-hmm. that's pretty good. Yeah. What What about you? Hmm. I should have prepared an answer for this. But I just <laughs> randomly asked you, and I was like, maybe no. you won't ask me, but you have. Ha ha. Um, <laughs> I I think it's like. Uh. Molly Molly Weasley's up there for me. Ooh, her okay, really, okay. 
really love Molly. Yeah. Uh, this is just, I think, as somebody who's close to their own mom, um, I love just Molly's familial relationship with everybody mm. and the way she just takes Harry in. Mm-hmm. I think that it's portrayed great in in the movies. And, yeah. Um, and again, I love when she kills Bellatrix so much. It's like <laughs> the most satisfying thing to me ever. I mean, yes. yeah, she just turns into like dust, but still, I just, I really love that moment. Um, and then... I do like Neville's character a lot. I think yeah. Neville is a pretty fun guy that, mm-hmm. you know, that progresses a lot and, and, and changes a lot throughout the, the franchise. So Totally. Um, yeah. McGonagall's great, too, if I'm being honest. Yes. I just, like, I feel like if I want, I just want her to be my professor in life. So McGonagall's Same. up there as well. Yeah. I could probably just keep naming off characters, but those those are up there, I think, for me. So I support all those. That's great. <laughs> so, well... To go, just recap. Yeah. I'm going to recap my five, and then okay. you can recap your five. So I have cool. ranked mine as follows. Five, Order of the Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Four, Chamber of Secrets. Three, Deathly Hallows Part Two. Mm-hmm. Two, Prisoner of Azkaban. And number one, well, for me, was Goblet of Fire. And Whew. for you, Clara. And for me, five was uh, Chamber of Secrets. Four was Order of the Phoenix. Three was Prisoner of Azkaban. Two was Half Blood Prince, and one was Deathly Hollows Part One. Perfect. Woo! I will likely be posting this and saying, "Who do you guys like more in this ranking, <laughs> oh, Clara <no>. or Joe?" <laughs> and we'll see what the world thinks of our rankings and who likes uh, who has a better ranking per yes, the world. I support uh, it. I'll keep you updated on that. Perfect. And let you know. Yes. I, I might have to make like thirty burner accounts to make sure that people are <laughs> siding with some me. Bots. <laughs> yeah. Just, <laughs> I might have to hire a bots just to vote for me so a little funny. bit on this one. Um, Clara, cool. I had a great time talking about Harry Potter with you. This was delightful. Uh, was very delightful. I have one question for you mm. outside of Harry Potter. Okay. And I think that this is obviously relevant to movies. Cool. Uh, number one movie of 2021 so far for you is is what? What's the oh. first recommendation you tell somebody? Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, Hang on, I'm pulling it up so fast. Let me get my ranked. <laughs> I feel like I need to abide by my ranked or I'll just start spewing a million titles. Um, oh, okay. So my number one for right now is uh, Teton. Uh, Perfect. I love that Amazing. movie. Uh, yes. two, two, I have Dune because I loved Dune. Dune was I sick. Love that you love Dune. Dune yes, is so Dune cool. Um, I rewatched it recently too and oh, it got better. I cool. Think. It got better for me. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping to rewatch it soon. My sis, one of my sisters is coming back from college, and so we're gonna hopefully be able to catch it before it's out of theaters. Um, oh, I'm sure it will be there for a while. So hell can... yeah! Uh, my number three of the year though is definitely more uh obscure, which mm-hmm. I would argue I spend a lot more time watching obscure stuff than not. Um, so I definitely want to plug this movie. I saw this at Sundance earlier this year. And I've been, like, screaming about it ever since. Um, It's called We're All Going to the World's Fair. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it is amazing. It's a horror movie. um, But I also think it's probably one of the most authentic depictions of coming of age on the internet that I've ever seen put on film. Um, It's also a... phenomenal film in terms of exploring like the concepts of dysphoria um very unsettling really really great 
I like to keep it vague just because I think going in blind is what should happen. Uh, Mm. Definitely. Uh, So I love that. Um, Gosh, I could just keep going, but I'm going to stop because (laughs) I've loved a lot (laughs) of movies this year. Um, Should I stop? Uh, Actually, can I do one more? (laughs) Two more. Two more. Okay. Okay. Two more. So I also want to shout out Ninja Baby. um, Okay. Which is... On Letterboxd, it's listed as a 2020 film, but its U.S. release is coming this year, from what I understand, or maybe it's getting bumped a little later. Um, But it's a film about, like, a woman who is young and finds out that she's pregnant and she doesn't want to be pregnant, and it's kind of her coming to terms with that. Um, She decides to, like, have the baby and then put it up for adoption um but in the meantime she essentially like creates a cartoon figure who is her baby and she like discusses her life and the choices she's making with the baby uh i find it very therapeutic um okay really well done movie and it does a really great job of integrating animation on top of live action which i always think is really cool um and then the number five that I would definitely recommend is Together Together, uh, which was also at Sundance, but now it's on Hulu. And it stars Ed Helms and Patty Harrison. And Patty Harrison is, like, my favorite comedian working today. She is unreal. Um, but it's essentially kind of like a spin on that. Do you remember that movie Baby Mama with Tina Fey and Amy Poehler? I do. Okay, so this is kind of a spin on that. It's a comedy um, where Patty Harrison agrees to be the surrogate of a baby for Ed Helms, who's playing, like, a single middle-aged man. Um, But instead of it being, like, a rom-com, it's platonic friendship comedy. Um, Interesting. I've I've had Together Together and um, The World Fair on my watch list. Yes. I do to you. So, um, <laughs> but together together i didn't know it was on hulu already so i yeah. will have to watch it it got added on hulu i think at the beginning of fall um so it okay. hasn't been streaming for too long but that's a, a great movie in my opinion i love that movie perfect cool All right. <laughs> that was your five recommendations we'll have to have a, a teton conversation <gasps> i would and love I. that maybe closer to award season totally since it has been sent as france's uh submission to the, yes. the to the oscars so god i hope it gets um, nominated gosh, I, guess, I don't know i don't know i don't I think it will um, stumpy old white people doing it but yeah the oscars maybe. are cowards so yeah <laughs> it's it's possible i don't know i, I, don't, I don't know. know i really don't know anything anymore yeah. I, I, sometimes i feel like they shock me with some things they allow and then mm-hmm. other times i'm like oh that's just it's typical of them so right regardless if it gets actually accepted as france's nomination or um or put in the running for best international feature mm-hmm. i think regardless we'll have a conversation on it because yes. it was uh maybe my favorite experience in the movie so far this year yeah. um it was something else i will I've, I've been recommending to anybody who can stomach it and who can understand it or mm-hmm. not understand it but is willing to to face it yeah uh, because it is it is a hard movie to watch oh totally uh, but if, if someone's willing to go there i am willing to recommend it hell um, yeah because it is really really special so yeah i agree um, Clara will be back. I will be putting Clara's uh, letterbox information in the description of the podcast. Hell yeah. You can visit and look at Clara's reviews. 
as I mentioned before, they're excellent. I read them all. Uh, so please go and do that. Uh, anything else you want to shout out? Any other social media do you have do you <gasps> to, to plug before we end this episode? Um, I mean, for efficiency's sake, like my Instagram and my Twitter are linked on my letterbox. Um, I, Perfect. I don't use those as much to talk about film. Um, I kind of just like dick around on those, but you can check them out if you want to. Um, so I guess instead of like a promo beyond just saying, check me out on letterbox if you want, I'll just say, uh, fuck turfs. Uh, I love Harry Potter, but I don't love JKR. Um, <laughs> Ex- excellently said. I made it clear in the first episode yes. of, of Sorcerer's Philosopher's Stone, Sorcerer's Stone, um, that nothing that I will be saying, um, will ever be in support of yes. JKR as a person ever. Yes. And, uh... I'm glad you're saying that now because I completely agree. Yeah. Hell yeah. We just, yeah. You know, just, yeah, just fuck turfs. I don't know. That's, yes. I just, that's all you can say. <laughs> yeah. No, hundred yeah. percent. Fuck turfs. <laughs> and I think this is like the best way to end this episode is oh, by hell saying yeah. that. I'm not going to lie. So yes. I'm glad we're saying it. Thank you, Clara, for being on today's episode. Again, next yes. week we will have our next episode on Prisoner of Azkaban. Ooh. Clara's third favorite movie, <laughs> not their first. No, not their first. No. I guess not mine either. So I can't yeah. really say anything anymore. <laughs> you can't. I've been talk. exposed. <laughs> uh, anyways, thanks everybody for listening, and I will see you next week.